I'm Alex Cox. Hello, I am not Savannah Million. I am Trin Garitano. And this is Roboism. A show about robots and feminism and tech. But today, also plants and infrastructure. Ooh. <laughs> Why was that so funny? Ooh. <laughs> it was very like an anime noise. Ooh. Oh, no. Ooh. Oh, no. <laughs> Sitting in for Savannah Million today is official Roboism correspondent Trin Garitano. How are you, how are you Trin? Hello, Alex. It's me, Trin Garitano, live on the scene in on the planet Earth. We're mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. It's getting warm. Well, yeah. Lots <laughs> We're of here fire. For now. <laughs> Lots of fire. We got Aww. some weird shit happening with our weather, but we are we're still here. We're still alive. We're still kicking. Mhm. In case someone is about to pause their podcast player, please, where can people find you on the internet and what do you do? Oh god. Uh whoa, big question. I mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. Ah. Mm-hmm. technically mm-hmm. I'm a professional podcaster now, which is the dumbest thing I've ever Oh, gross. So am I. I Ew. know, literally oh, that's what no. we are now. Oh. Uh, but I I am um right now I'm working uh at a uh, Kickstarter, the crowdfunding platform. I'm the digital games lead, which means that I uh, control everything that comes out of our, our department digitally. This is so boring for me to say. Um, you know what you should do instead, though, is go to our podcast. We make a podcast uh, called I Think You Two Would Get Along, and it's at I Think You Two Would Get Along dot com. And I basically play friendship sommelier between uh, a couple of games industry people, try to make them be friends in 50 minutes or less. And uh, I'm co-hosted with my co-workers, uh, Lou Kanya. It's a good time. And the other thing I do is friendshiping. Uh, I, it's a podcast about friendship, friendship advice. Uh, if you're angry and on the internet and you need something to somebody who's uh, equal as angrily, angry but has a optimism about them, um, go to friendshippingpodcast.com. Listen, what else do I do? I mean, Quest Quest. Oh, yeah, plug Quest Quest. Plug uh, Quest Quest. QuestQuest.best is where you can find the D&D <laughs> live, right? Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's where you can find the D&D live play podcast that I'm on. And Alex, I th- I've heard rumors that you might be joining us. Mm, mm, no comment. No comment. Oh, gosh. Wow. No comment. Uh, well, redacted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do stuff. Um, and then, oh, God, I'm also doing a, a game. I write, I'm a writer on a science fiction game, which I think is actually a little bit solar punk which is the thing we're talking about today. It is. It is. Oh, my gosh. Trin, I wanted to have you on here because no one knows what solar punk is. And I figured this out because on Twitter, I was like, hey, who has some new recommendations for solar punk books I should read? And, you know, mostly people love to jump in with their opinions and suggestions on Twitter. Nothing. It was barren. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's new. It's small. It's more like okay. So solar punk as it exists right now is not a genre of fiction in mm-hmm. the way that like you know cyberpunk or steampunk or something maybe. It's really in its like beginning like fetal stage, uh, and and there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, one because we are now. I think for the first time at large being confronted with the fact that global warming climate change is happening and uh, when we talk about things like speculative fiction science fiction um, it would be unrealistic 
to ignore that reality. Uh, and solar punk is this genre of, you know, it's, it's an aesthetic and all mm-hmm. these things too. Um, but what it is, is it's, it's a realistic acknowledgement that this is what's happening to our planet and that if we have a way forward, it's through renewable energy. It's through um, getting rid of capitalism and sharing what we have. Um, it's acknowledging that there is a, an abundance of resources available and it, we just waste them or hide them or keep them under lock and key because we need a forced scarcity for capitalism to succeed uh i got some feelings about it i can i can tell and well you're just so good at explaining what it is because when people come and ask me what solar punk is i'm like well uh remember cyberpunk it, it we we are that now we yes. are living in that time 100%. so so now we want to look to a future that's not that because we did it okay cool we are in this terrible future now let's let's try for something else you know, I feel like the first glimpse of solar punk I was ever given um, was in the very beginning of uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm. Uh, there's this godlike alien character, Q, and he essentially puts the human race on trial uh, by having these conversations and uh, just re- really difficult situations with Captain Picard. Uh, and it's, you know, unfair for a number of reasons because not one human being can speak for all the mistakes of mankind. Uh, but the, the gist of what I'm saying is this. Uh, Q brings us through what humanity had to go through before the Star Trek human humanity could happen. So uh, it acknowledges uh, there was an, an enormous war in, in mankind's history. There was um, a, a, a generation of brutality that ex- existed um, in our future timeline, but in the Star Trek past timeline. Um, and I would say that Star Trek is the first solar punk that I came across because it mm. acknowledges what we had to go through. And then mm-hmm. we created something off of that. I don't know if that makes any sense. but No, it totally does. And man, Alex, I agree with you so much that right now is the struggle. Right now is the cyberpunk dystopia. We are mm-hmm. living through it currently. Um, and sometimes it may not feel like that because it's a lot of us like middle class people just kind of like bumping mm-hmm. along. And uh, in the United States, is still like very relatively wealthy and has an abundance of resources. Uh, but the truth is that uh, it, that's not the reality for the entire planet. Um, we are going through that generation of brutality, I feel, before the blossoming of the human race. Or at least that's what I would like to believe. Oh, wow. Hold the phone. So... Do you think that the human race will indeed blossom? Like, are we, do we need to hit rock bottom before we lift ourselves up? Like a Wally situation. That is an interesting question, Alex. And it is one that I think about a lot. Um, I think that historically speaking, humans have built up civilizations, destroyed their environment, been wiped out over and over and over again. And then there's precedence for this. Um, I've been reading this book. um, I love it. It's called 1491. Uh, It's uh, about the the, uh, United States of America, uh, North and South America, excuse me, um, the New World, you would say, before Columbus arrived. Uh, And so we're talking about civilizations, uh, cities like Cahokia that we we thought, and maybe I'm mispronouncing that, but that that we thought never existed. uh, you know, Chichen Itza, places like this. Um, native and, and indigenous Americans in the north and south of, of the Americas had enormous civilizations of millions of people that mm-hmm. we didn't know about. Uh, and, and it t- turns out through new research that 
they were wiped out by not only disease from, you know, explorers from the new world, uh, from the old world, excuse me, uh, but also from their own doing, destroying their own environment. Uh, there are, uh, there's plenty of, man, I wish, I kind of wish I brought the book with me because I, um, you know, I can't really speak for the author, um, Charles Mann, uh, but one is last name. I'm going to assume that this is actually a person who is not a straight white guy and just chose the name Charles Mann. Right? Like, yep. Dude. Someone will listen to me. This is Alex, like... When I was reading the book and I went back to, like, look at his, like, history or whatever, I was, like, shocked that it was mm. a guy, like mm. a white guy. Uh, but, no, he, he did an incredible job of, like, rounding up all of this research. Um, and it, the, the, the thing I wanted to – where this is all going um, is that human beings have killed themselves through their environment over and over again. Mm-hmm. We have logged uh, forests so much that we've caused droughts in other places. Like, like th- these are things that have been happening for thousands and thousands of years. Mm-hmm. We have selves over and over and over again and survived. This is – in my opinion, regardless of which way it plays out, the last time humanity screws itself with its destructive uh, nature, uh, it, it, and either we will all die or we won't. And <laughs> like it, it's it's so it's so sad to say that, um, and I think that a lot of people are like, "Oh, that's such a pessimistic view um, of, of this," but it's actually realistic. We are mm-hmm, currently mm-hmm. going through a mass extinction event right now. Uh, there is so much evidence that our government doesn't care about us or and it also doesn't have the resources to help us. Uh, Puerto Rico, all of the mass fires in California. Um, and and to me, that speaks to we're either going to have a revolution or we're all going to die. Mm-hmm. When you say that there's going to be a revolution, who do you mean? Are you talking specifically about just the U.S.? Well, so I can only guess as far as what my knowledge base and what my experience is. And what I see is our organizations like the Democratic Socialists of America coming together and uh, and putting together infrastructure for communities to help themselves after disasters occur. Um, they are working for things like rent control, which it doesn't sound like, oh, this is something that you do for climate change, but it is. Mm-hmm. Because securing housing for people is the first way to help them survive. Um, getting education to people, getting food to people. Um, I, I see the United States, if not, you know, a violent revolution, because revolution can, doesn't necessarily mean, you know, guillotines. Uh, revolution means changing the way that we do things in a very radical way. And we have to. We absolutely must. Um, I don't know what that would look like everywhere. Um, and I, I do know that there are places where it, we don't really need to change the way we do things. Um, Iceland. Holy crap. Iceland is on like 100 percent right? geothermal energy. Uh, they have a they have a sustainability built into their very society. They have a sustainable co- uh, economy. They have um, sustainable farming. Um, there are many places that are already doing this work. Um, and I again, I, I can't speak for every place, but we have to change things. And whether that's going to be an aggressive, violent revolution or a yeah, we're all going to throw off our shackles at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. Um, but solar punk to me is us finally, for the first time in human history, learning from this and moving forward. I r- think it's really interesting the idea of is this revolution going to happen right away or 
is this revolution going to happen all over at the same time or will it be sort of a slow wave like a tide coming in because i think the one thing the u.s could do right or the u.s citizens u.s citizens rather could do right is we not the majority of us well compared to the rest of the world the majority of majority of us are rich and middle class yep and we can take our resources and our iphones and our ipads and throw them at the white house uh and <laughs> we haven't figured out how to do that yet but people make fun of the dsa and the little roses next to their twitter name like no that's not what we do that's just that's not the narrative that's being put out there i mean the dsa has plenty of problems within its organization just like any human organization Mm -hmm. um but i can speak for the chicago chapter trying to do very practical things to help save lives and that's really what i think the work is right now is that we know things are going to be bad and Mm -hmm. us millennials our generation we're in our 20s and 30s right now it's time for us to lay the infrastructure for our children to be able to continue living um and you know it's funny um we say these things like oh we have our ipads our smartphones um solar punk and uh solar punk isn't about getting rid of all machinery and it's not about um it's not we're not luddites you know like and it's not a um a pessimistic view of what gadgets and technology can do for us in fact i think that there's going to be even more technology involved in our day-to-day life in the solar punk future it's just a more sustainable version of that and um, a cut down on the waste of technology that we have. We don't need to have phones that are set to die every year so that we have to buy a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, a solar punk future, what that would look like is maybe the phone's a little bit clunkier, uh, but it lasts longer. You can mod it. Better batteries, better batteries. <laughs> better batteries, I but also batteries. the ability to, for it to last for, for decades. Um, mm-hmm. Solar punk is you have one thing and you have it for for a very long time um yeah i mean the so- the, the ice caps are gonna melt okay mm-hmm. the apple factories are still gonna exist we need to figure out what we do with both of those things and merge them into a way that human life can continue people may notice that a trend on this show is me being a little too optimistic <laughs> about what fortune 500 companies do but one thing that i haven't mentioned yet is that apple is now building all of its mac computers out of the aluminum shavings from That's iphones great. and ipads and it's like oh wow that it, it's this weird place i'm in where Oh my gosh, that's super cool. They are the only company, uh, or rather for-profit company, that makes computers out of now completely free. Well, arguably, they are completely free of conflict minerals. However, (laughs) the biggest part of their company, their, their most profits come from iPhones and iPads, which they do have a lot of recycled parts, but they're still mining for copper and, you know, right. there's people are still dying for our iPhones. And that's not to throw as, you know, I talk as I sit in front of a laptop, an iPhone and a new iPad that's in my bag because I, I'm a monster and I am totally a hypocrite for wanting Trin on this podcast to talk about this stuff because... Every year, I think, okay, this iPad is the one that's going to last me the next five years. And the gross part is, it probably could. But there are so many things, 
mostly capitalism and instant gratification, which I love that shoots serotonin right up in there into my brain. <laughs> and it makes me so, so happy. But the thing that is really appealing about solar punk is, in my opinion, it satisfies those urges in different ways. Like we still consume things, but we also create things at the same time that sort of plug that little serotonin hole and obviously this is i'm thinking of all the, the fictional things i've seen or read honestly mostly on tumblr i, I <laughs> am a very afraid of tumblr but there are certain tags where it's just popping off and i think about modding a phone with you know solar panels and stuff like that and it just gets me really excited where we change basically consumerism to not creationism. I said that one time on accident on this show. <laughs> I, but, not that. But a creator-centric mm -hmm. uh, um, economy. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. Um, it's one thing that you mentioned is like, you know, I have all these Apple products with all these conflict minerals. But here's the thing, Alex. We don't need to be mining. Exactly. There is an incredible amount of tech waste. Mm -hmm. If we had at, at the outset found a way to get a handle on tech waste, on uh, old electronics. If we made it, if we had been doing this long enough that it was, that it is now a, we, we would have the technology to do it faster, cheaper. Mm -hmm. Man, I mean, imagine if we had had sustainability in our mindset for as long as we've known about climate change. Right. Not even sustainability or, you know, reduce, but even if we kept the recycle from that, yep. that rhyme in the 1970s when we were, like, creating all of these silicon things. Oh, God, people are stupid. It's so bad. But, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, so for me personally, it is very difficult for me to hold anything against. I mean, I'm using you as an example because you just, like, sh you know, crap talk to yourself. Can mm -hmm. I say crap talk? Mm, yes, yes. That is not a potty word. Well, <laughs> technically, <laughs> technically, that's a butt word. So you it's just, okay. You crud talk to yourself. Mm -hmm. But, okay, let's use you and I as examples. Mm -hmm. um, I also stress shop constantly mm. you know like i'm uh, buying a seven dollar um calathea plug on the internet because i'm into plants is like my serotonin shot <laughs> but but here's the thing like we are functioning like people who mm -hmm. were brought up in a capitalist society who that and we have seen shopping being treated as this like mental health yep uh, uh fix we're acting just like the people that we are. We, we mm -hmm. were brought up in this. And, and I, I, have, I said this on friendshipping before, that it is very hard for me to be mad at people who own cars because our society exactly. was built mm -hmm. around the car owner. We have uh, our public infrastructure has been torn down so that car companies can make money, so that mm -hmm. oil companies can make money because mm -hmm. that's how freaking capitalism works mm -hmm. is that it's just money all the way down. Um, and solar punk grew up in the hope that that will end. Um, so you're totally right, Alex. Um, solar punk is in the tags on Tumblr um, as I think two things, really. One is the solar punk kind of like ideology, which I feel like is what we've really been talking about mm -hmm. a lot on this show, um, which is this kind of socialist future in which we stop this forced scarcity. Uh, we accept the abundance that we have and we share it. Um, and then the other is um, a fiction genre. And I'm not saying, again, you're totally right. There are, I don't think that there are any long form 
forms of solar mm-hmm. punk. Um, the Expanse, I think, is I could make a case for the, the Expanse being solar punk. You keep talking about this on various other shows and social media platforms. What is The Expanse? So The Expanse is a science fiction uh, t- television series on the Sci-Fi Network. Uh, it's more, another one of those Canadian American team ups on the Sci Fi Network. Man, they're so good. Oh, so good. Um, this sh- the show. <laughs> It's so funny because if you had asked me a couple months ago, I'd be like, never watch The Expanse. It's so bad. They do they fall into one major really garbage trope that almost ruined the show for me. Mm. Um, but uh, it's very good. It, it acknowledges global warming at, and climate change. Excuse me. I, knew, I need to change my language there. Um, it it, it uh, accepts it as a fact. Um, one of the first things that you see on the show is that New York is flooded and the Statue of Liberty is in the middle of the Hudson now. Um and uh, and it it is optimistic and pessimistic. Humans are still acting the way that they act. Um, but we are 100 years in the future and things are bad for the common person because that is what happens uh, in wartime and in times of trouble is that the people who are hurt most are the ones that are already the most vulnerable. Um, and then you also see like these rich government people who own everything, um, which sucks. So it's solar punk to me in that it acknowledges the worst thing oh I just punched my <laughs> microphone because I'm so excited it acknowledges the worst things that capitalism is doing to us mm-hmm. um, uh, have you ever read because I know you've read a couple of Cre- uh, Craig Thompson books right Blankets Chunky Rice oh yes 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 Blankets and Chunky Rice I still need to revisit this but Habibi by Craig Thompson is uh, I think in retrospect a solar punk work um, it's set in like uh, in a time in a time uh, it, it could be in the far-flung future. It could be in the far-flung past. Everything's desert. There's garbage everywhere. But people are uh, existing culturally within the garbage. <laughs> they find mm. garbage and they build things. Um, you know what else I think is solar punk? Yes. share Zone. I think share Zone is solar punk. Oh, my. Okay. Three things. Uh one, I wish everybody could see how enthusiastic Trin is because, you know, that's why you just punched your microphone. I um, and as a, I, I don't ever look at people while I'm podcasting because I need to play with my trackpad. Otherwise, my brain will break. Two, can you please explain what DeShares... <laughs> please, what is share Zone? And I, I really can't get there. How is it? How is it solar punk? What? I say without any irony that the share zone mm-hmm. is one of the purest art forms that has come out of millennial culture. I agree with you there. It is over the top acceptance of death. Mm-hmm. There's skulls and everything that they do. Um, there's a lot of like, you know, pentagrams and anarchy stuff. Like it's like mm-hmm. things that one w- might consider dark if you were not growing up in times that already are dark. Um, and it's a rejection of uh, negativity. I mean, it is it is re- relentlessly positive mm-hmm. and also relentlessly uh, anti-establishment. Uh, I, I just saw them uh, yell at some, some fascist in their comments calling them a cop sucker. <laughs> a cop sucker, Alex. <laughs> Do you get it? It was so good. <laughs> like, That's so good. It's um, the Desher Zone. I, I know this. I I know it sounds crazy, and and maybe it's not so much solar punk as it is like pre solar punk. But it's it's laying down the groundwork. It uh, you got me. It's so true. Cops. 
Cops uh, but yeah, I mean, solar punk, I think is, I think you're, I really would predict that we are going to see an uptick in, um, in solar punk work because how else can we envision our future without accepting the truths of climate change uh, and that capitalism is failing us? Um, there's no way forward unless we work there together. I think a bit ago, you corrected yourself in an interesting way between climate change and global warming. Can you explain why those two terms are different and why one is problematic? I will try because I don't. That's why I'm asking you because I can't. I know I should, but I don't. I don't. don't. Maybe Google it because I might be wrong. But um, (sighs) I, I actually am only making the change because when I say global warming, uh, people who, for whatever... But it snowed yesterday. Exactly. Mm-hmm. When I say global warming, people think weather shifting. Yep. And that is not what I'm talking about. I am talking about widespread global climate instability and devastation. The problem, I think, was that a bunch of scientists were too smart and were trying to explain about how, uh, trying to explain how the planet is warming and then it was easy for people to just run with, oh, but it's not. It's I mean, sure it might be warming. Where if we had just used climate change change from the outset, it's like, oh wow, it is really really hot this summer. Why is it so hot? Ah, because the ice caps are melting. I I, I can't. It's sometimes so hard for me to wrap my brain around the fact that we have this epidemic of people. And uh, that plays very well into our patriarchal society. I'm not saying it's all men because it's not. But people in power, people um, who want things to stay the same, who are happy with the amount of money and wealth that they've accumulated. Mm -hmm. But we have an epidemic of people who think that they are right and think that they are the first people to ever have these thoughts. Yes. The Mm well-actuallys. The have you ever thought about. Yes, we actually have thought about that. Mm -hmm. I Solar punk hopes that those people will be gone. Um, <laughs> but let's talk more about like Tumblr and like if solar punk is a fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, because you will see in the tags on Tumblr um, a lot of solar punk aesthetic. Um, I actually follow a blog called um, like it's like solar punk fashion or something like that. And it's um, a lot of um, body paint. It's a lot of um, like lightweight fabrics, um, things like that. Um, and because solar punk as an aesthetic is also leaning into, hey, things are changing here. We need to work with more sustainable materials. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to get rid of our original sense of uh, Western European beauty because that's not sustainable. That requires products and surgeries and uh, ridiculous things that women would have to do in order to conform to that. Um, so the solar punk aesthetic is, I mean, some people might be like, oh, this is stupid this is like fluffy or whatever it's not um it's a deconstruction of every cover girl commercial you've ever seen um i love it um and then the whole fiction solar punk um lots of trees so many trees lots of plants um you'll see a lot of um people tag things solar punk um with an aesthetic of melding uh, trees and, and greenery and plants with indoor spaces, mm-hmm. um, filling everywhere that you possibly can uh, with vertical gardening, um, all roofs uh, having uh, plants on top of them to collect the rainwater. Every single part of the solar punk genre fits into itself that way. And man, I just want to take like a five-year hiatus and write like a gigantic solar punk space opera. I mean, I'm not going to say that you should definitely absolutely do that and that (laughs) there should be 
there should be a MacArthur grant for people who want to overthrow the system. I think that we could somehow do that. I mean, we figured out the problem is all of these great there's a lot of great either anarchist or communist communities who are so good at what they do they just want to stay in their bu- i think rightfully so i harbored no no ill will towards these communities but they have s- stuff figured out on a micro level and we just can't ever get there on a macro scale because there are so few i i don't want to say normal people but people who are on the internet who live in the public eye who are like how about all you know all the things that you're doing you don't have to do them it's okay to do it like this and there are just so few folks that other people write them off as crazy or radicals where it's like oh no just you know, those solar panels actually do work. It, the simplest, tiniest things. And they exist right now. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand is that we have so much right now. We have enough food to feed everybody right now. Mm-hmm. We have enough solar radiation to uh, to give electricity to everybody right now. Like, we can do it. It's just not profitable, so it doesn't mm-hmm. get done. Mm-hmm. And and when you say, like, oh, it, it's going to happen at a micro level, I 100% agree with that. Um, and that's another component of solar punk is it's very community-based. Mm-hmm. Because changes, you are absolutely right. They happen at a micro level. But... I, I also don't want anybody to get fatigued with the idea of, oh, I need to accept incremental changes because you don't. Mm. You can make enormous mm-hmm. changes on a community level. Um, man, it, I'm seeing a lot of people accept uh, this kind of communal living in their lives on a, on a day-to-day scale. I have a friend, uh, a friend group in Seattle that all uh, found property near each other in Seattle. And they live communally. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. 30 families. They get together every Sunday and they share. One of them's an electrician. Like that's an amazing thing to be able to do. That's who's going to survive freaking yep. global warming, mm-hmm. climate change. <laughs> I truly think it's people who... We consider that them living in poverty, but uh, folks who have like Catholic worker houses or just, again, people living in community almost really almost off the grid. There are a number of people who legally don't pay taxes, which is... I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, it, it, it's part... A lot of them are Catholic workers who pay taxes with their own communities they've built, but they don't want anything that they make going towards war so they're just they have right they so they've essentially made themselves quote unquote poor enough that they can legally not pay taxes and they also legally don't take any sort of uh what mm, i can't say the word I want to, uh, people who would call them government hands out, handouts because they also just don't want any part of the capitalist system. And you, you they're know, the people who are going to survive. I kind of I like to call them entitlements just because I believe we are truly entitled to help from the government. The entire purpose of having a government should be to ensure that everybody has the has basic human rights and dignity mm-hmm, and care. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is unbelievable to me that there are people in the world who are totally cool with the fact that our government essentially exists as a war machine at this point um like the fact that any kid is going hungry is absolutely wild it is 
Oh, I'm so angry all the time, Alex. <laughs> we're we're both very angry all the time. And uh, so in, instead of being angry for the next five minutes, I know, oh, it's going to be hard. It's very hard for me not to be angry, especially when Savannah and I get on tangents about just even well, what we consider macro, but are really micro problems of city infrastructure in Chicago, especially because, yeah. you know, I like my scooters and <laughs> and really like electric trains. But wow, this city really likes cars. The whole Midwest yeah. really, really but likes cars. Is it that the city likes cars or is it that the uh, oil companies that bought all of our politicians like that our city is set up so that they make more money? You know? Oh, absolutely. When when I say the city, I guess I, I meant the city as in the city council slash government who is the, the capital city rather than the lowercase city of the uh, nice people. Alex, what I would love to do, and let yes. me know if you're down with this. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about, so you want to write a solar punk fiction. Please. What would that entail? Hmm. Um, a number of things. One, aluminum. Oh, yeah. Aluminum's a big freaking deal. I don't know if you heard Alex talking earlier in this episode, but um, aluminum is no longer being mined in most places so good. because we have so much of it and it is so malleable that it is a one-to-one -one ratio of energy exchange um so your solar punk book is going to include a lot of aluminum bikes it's going to include a lot of aluminum pieces uh it's going to include um stuff made out of other stuff <laughs> it's going to be so much reusing uh and it's going to be um every gift that you give somebody is going to be meaningful because giving extra resources to somebody else is a big deal in mm. the solar punk future um lots of plants obviously um because we are acknowledging in solar punk that climate change is happening and the earth is not in its uh, best form anymore so we have to create as much as we possibly can every square inch dedicated to plants dedicated to farming uh dedicated to um just just a really good use of space um what else is in solar punk um magnets <laughs> <laughs> magnets well t t as a oh, source of sorry my cat f feed the cat alarm went off <laughs> that's important uh magnets as a replacement for engines really yeah. um kind of like in black panther we're gonna th there we're going to have a few folks come in and talk about afrofuturism in a couple weeks which Ooh. yeah solar punk is largely inspired from um, oh 100 percent yeah Man, and i i am ashamed that i didn't say something sooner because you're totally right even on the the tumblr tags i mean it's all very closely linked mm -hmm. like most things white people stole <laughs> yeah. like a bunch of good stuff like most things, white people uh, saw a thing and they're like, that was my idea. Yep, yep. We, you know it would be a great idea? Magnets and aluminum. But anyway, magnets as a form of energy, which we don't think of often, but people are like, ah, it's going to be really hard for solar power to run a train. Well, no, because if you put solar power into the magnets and then the magnets go underneath the train. Uh, but okay, what plants then will we see, Trent? What are the most effective plants really oh what a good question um so there is there's a lot of uh junk science and science kind of going back and forth on this because um if you wanted a plant to clean the air you are better off getting an air purifier 
<laughs> uh, you would need so many plants for your, for them to uh, like truly affect um, uh, the actual garbage that's in the air. Um, but NASA did put out a list of like the top ten best plants for that. But it also was in a lab oh. setting. Uh, yeah, NASA put Still. together. Still interesting. Was, the top ten plants for for cleaning the air. Things like um, I want to say peace lilies, uh, purple waffle plant, um, Boston fern. I know is definitely on there. Um, they're, they're more efficient than others, but the thing is, is that when you have a house plant in a home and your house is built in the way that we currently have houses built and mm-hmm. there is not that much, uh, natural light coming in, you may need to supplement with electric lights and then that kind of takes away the benefit. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's plenty of, of things that you can grow in your home right now that you can eat. Um, there's going to, uh, a return to gardening and community gardening, um, is going to be a big deal in, in solar punk and things like that. Bread is arguably a vegetable. If you really think about it hard enough. Bread is arguably a vegetable. <laughs> so bread, here's a, so here's an interesting thing about bread. Um, so part of the, uh, you know, being in the solar punk tabs, on, uh, mm-hmm. tags on Tumblr, um, there was this big discussion about bread and that people don't recall a time where bread was regularly baked in every home, although everybody eats bread. Mm. And it's so wildly cheaper to bake your own bread. Mm-hmm. And then there's this, these comments in the tags like, well, don't you need a bread maker? No. It, it is the one of the greatest successes of capitalism is to make you think that you need a store to have bread. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the fastest things you could possibly make. And I'm saying this being somebody who doesn't actually make their own bread. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, but, it, but it, that's you're a very, absolutely right. It's a very good example of how capitalism has morphed our brains into thinking that we need it. Which is why sourdough is essential in a solar punk universe because you take that starter and pass it around and then you have delicious bread for everybody. Honestly, I think you're making a joke, but that's actually no, a, that's I a love beautiful sourdough thing. bread. It's and it, so interesting. And imagine like, you know, two hundred years in the solar punk future and there's still like this one family that has its like two hundred year old freaking yeast. Yeah, a lot of Amish communities have that. I think one hundred and fifty years is the longest. I'll I'll put it in show notes, but there are bread starters that are like a hundred years old and it still makes amazing bread to the point where they're able to make a ton of money off of selling it because they're like okay this is the only way that we can survive is by selling our incredibly sustainable bread to people to tourists it's just i I keep thinking about like so what makes it solar punk what how do you get to solar punk and i think that part of it is letting go of the idea that something is going to happen to save us Mm-hmm. Um, wow, yeah. In your solar punk universe, what is you're talking about what is essential or what you see in solar punk fiction and its universe. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is sharing and creating, which yes. is a great kindergarten way to think about it but kindergarten was pretty good for a lot of people yeah because it was really all you could think of is let's share something and let's create it because that's the those are the only rules you need then and I, i don't know i think people are also afraid of solar punk because it looks too socialist and they think there are too many rules but we already have those rules or rather we already have rules they're just so ingrained in us and they're so for example ah the rule is you can't make your own bread because it's too hard and you have to buy too many things even though you're buying you know thousands of dollars worth of bread over a few years 
Well, I mean, it's also, and this is, this, I'm going to butcher this, um, but just to, to, to be super clear that for some people, making bread is not a possibility. I mean, when we're talking about- We didn't about, even go into food deserts. Yeah. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't even go into, um, you know, people who have mobility issues mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and can't. I, mean, I want those people to have their own Amazon Prime, you know? Right. Like, I want uh, plastic straws for them, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but the idea is that uh, we should be forging forward with a society where we are inclusive of, of all people and everybody um, gives what they can and makes what they can, which is, you're right, very socialist. Um, but I actually think that more essential even than- Also, I wasn't saying that in a bad way. I was oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I feel It would be great. Um, but I think even more essential to that, to solar punk, is- letting go of the idea that some magical thing is going to happen to save us. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And because I feel like most people to get through the day of this candle lit in the back of their mind to this scientist one day is going to figure out how to take all of the carbon out of the atmosphere and all of the plastic out of the oceans. And we're going to make this a global cooling machine. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not going to happen. It, it is not going to happen. Uh, and even if it did, the ice caps would still melt. Even if it did, all the rhinoceroses are still dead and there are no frogs. You know, like mm-hmm. that still is going to happen. Um, but we instead have this faith of uh, we are going to create a society that will weather through these times. Um, and that, I think, is what is, is solar punk. Um, is, uh, there is not going to be some alien race that takes pity on us and moves us to a different planet. We're not going to find a new planet where we all move to. Um, it is a reality of this and a, um, a, just kind of like a, your toes in the mud making a garden. Do I think that makes sense? <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I'm just thinking, too, about... <sighs> the accessibility thing and i'm sure someone has had this idea before and i hate that in my mind i was like oh you know what i think is true and i'm sure someone's had this idea before but most minorities whether it's someone who's not able-bodied or is a sexual or gender minority or are you oh god you have more melatonin in your skin those are the people who are more likely to embrace our solar punk future because it's it's already happening folks need to fight for plastic straws oh my oh we talked about this a little bit last week and it's so everybody just used it's fine it's fine plastic straws are fine and but what but what an incredible what an incredible topic to bring up because so so the whole plastic straw thing as i'm sure you and savannah went into at length was just a really ridiculous debacle but i if there's one nugget of optimism that i can take from that it's that everybody involved in that except for you know the garbage politicians and such um we just wanted to do the right thing you know, like people who wanted to ban plastic thra- straws were just like, well, we need to bl- we need to ban something. You know, we need to clean up something. Um, and, you know, they didn't look beyond their own privilege to think about, like, who would need these things. Um, and that uh, that is bad and that is no good. Um, but I, I do think that the inclination of really just wanting something to go OK, wanting to do something right, um, that's very human and understandable. Uh, it, it it is and it's understandable but war is also understandable and so many folks just wanted to well okay (laughs) plastic straws are understandable but you know what else is (laughs) genocide everything you can rationalize the human brain is so good at rationalizing things and people went out there and thought 
okay, we need to change something. And the, so many people in power morphed the narrative into saying, oh, well, we can't get rid of these minerals. We can't get rid of this fuel. Carbon, nope, yep. it's got to stay. Totally. But you know what we should do? What if we got rid of bags instead? And Or or what if we put a tax on them? Mm. And how about just plastic straws? And, you know, really leaning into this whole recycle thing where we should really be redu- reducing and reusing. And it's the people who, like you said, did not look past their own privilege and did not think three steps ahead. Yeah. That's what I worry about. And I and I'm absolutely one of these people because <laughs> as I mentioned before, oh yay, all Apple computers are being built out of recycled aluminum except for the one computer, the iPhone that is sold more than anything else that's still they're creating aluminum for it. Mm. <laughs> You have so I'm many fine. feelings oh, about this. I have so. I feel I like too. you were having a day. And now I am having a day. I think. Mm-hmm. I think I spouted out my day, and you, <laughs> it transferred it onto you. Um, but I mean, like at the end of all of this, and my conclusion really about solar punk is that even in the acceptance of these sad truths, there is hope, and that hope is not silly. It is not a ridiculous thing to believe that. We already have these technologies. We just need to implement them on a personal scale um, and, a, and also on a, on a macro scale. Um, it's, it's not silly. It's not ridiculous um, in a way that I think that people often think of like science fiction or speculative fiction. Um, this is realistic. Uh, and the other realistic option is we all die. So get on your get on your stuff, guys. <laughs> on that note, Trin, thank you so much for bringing all of your excellent reporting back to Roboism. It's always so great to have you. Thank you. This has been Trin Garitano, WGN on on the spot news. Signing off. Worldwide Garitano news. Worldwide Garitano uh, news. Yeah, There's yeah, like five yeah. of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and again, where can people find you on the internet or in real life, wherever you would like to be found? What a what a, a very polite question. I appreciate you putting it that way. Um, I think the best way to find me personally on the internet is on Twitter at Trin and Tonic. It's like gin and tonic, but with me inside of it. Um, and there you can find links to all of the various things that I do. Um, Quest Quest, I think you two would get along. Friendshiping, Kickstarter, and Asmati Games. Yay! And thank you again to Relay FM, who hosts this show on with their with their money. And if you want to, oh, <laughs> you know what they and they're probably losing money on this show. Do you want to give this show money yes. so I can buy things made of aluminum? Of course you do. You can give sh- money to this show directly or all of the great shows on Relay at relay.fm slash membership. Thank you, Mike and Steven. You're doing good stuff. You can also find me at Alex Cox on Twitter, spelled C-O-X, not the other way. Savannah at at Savannah Million, spelled like the number, indeed. And this show run by, by our Twitter bot friend at Roboism FM. That is pretty much it. I'm Alex Cox. I'm Trin Garitano. Thank you for having me. And this has been Roboism. Thank, Thank you, you for listening. listening. All of our guests always do that better than us, and they always make robot hands when I can see them. I don't know why that is. It and makes I, it way easier. I'm, I'm not. Thank you for listening. I'm not going to look at Trent until we stop recording because that's how that's how I ruin all podcasts ever.